Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. We're teaching on a theme of Bible studies on being upside down. And last week we taught on worry about everything, pray about nothing. And the key is to turn that upside down. To pray about everything so we don't have to worry about anything. And I know that sounds like it's just wishful thinking, but that's actually biblical thinking. This week, I like to use a theme of it's no use. And maybe you felt like that before. Ah, it's no use. And I like to to turn that upside down. And when you think something's no use, it's not going to happen, it's impossible. Well, what's the opposite of that? Well, it is possible. And so we're going to put some effort behind it to make it happen. So Luke chapter 8, if you look with me on Luke chapter 8, if you'd like to, I'm going to read verses 49 and 50. Verses 49 and 50. This is right after the woman was healed with the issue of blood. And uh, there was a guy that actually got there beforehand. And he was working to tell Jesus about his sick daughter. Then this woman with the issue of blood just kind of moves in there. She gets healed. And then this is what happened right after the fact. The woman with the issue of blood has been healed. And verse 49, while he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. And unfortunately, it can seem that way in life. Like, hey, don't even worry about talking to Jesus. This is over. I mean, they, they would say, game over, man. The game's over. There's no use to do anything. But I'm thankful that Jesus turns things upside down. And in our life, it, it can seem so, uh, makes so much sense. We're like, well, preacher, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work out. And I'm sure that the person that came had good intentions. They didn't want to, you know, waste Jesus' time. He could go do something, help somebody else. But I'm thankful. The Bible says, but when Jesus heard it, he answered him. He didn't answer the guy from the house. He answered the the father, the one that had come to Jesus in the first place, saying, fear not, believe only. And she shall be made whole. So what Jesus was doing was taking that, oh, it's no use, it can't happen. And he was just turning it upside down. And the theme is from those people in Thessalonica that came and spoke of Paul and said, they that have turned the world upside down have come hither also. And that's really what we want to do in this Bible study. So it's no use, but it's possible. We turn that upside down. Someone said, do you know it's impossible to run on a campground? You can only ran on a campground because it's past tense. (laughs) It's also impossible to starve on a beach because of the sandwiches there. No, one more. My wife accused me of ruining her birthday. That's impossible. I did not even know 
it was her birthday. I was I gave a riddle. It was a, kind of like a picture that you can look at, and it's a bunch of parking spaces. And I showed a few people, and uh, I remember seeing it. And so it shows uh, six parking spaces. They're all empty except one. And there's a car parked in one parking space. And so if you read from left to right, it shows the parking spaces. The the numbers are 16, 6, 68, 88. Then you've got the car and then 98. And so the question is, what parking space number, it's obvious, is the car parked over? And... I asked Mariana right before church, gave her the picture of it, and you look at it, and truth be told, I didn't get it right. I <laughs> didn't get it right. I looked at it and said, these numbers have no rhyme or reason. 16, 6, 68, 88, and then the car, and then 98. What's the number? Well, the picture is upside down. So you're looking at it upside down. If you got on the other side of it, you would see that the numbers were very easy to read. The numbers were 86, the car was under or over 87, 88, 89, 90, and 91, not 16. And just simply turning something upside down can give us a whole new look on life. And that's exactly what God does in our lives. It seems like I mess with this somewhat, so. The Bible says, that when Jesus comes in, and we've all heard the scriptures, and it's easy to say the scripture in Bible study. It's too loud now? Okay, praise God. Ha, turn that down. The Bible says in Mark chapter nine and verse 23, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. In Matthew 19 and verse 26, but Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. I was thinking if Jesus had a specialty, you ever go visit a specialist doctor? You'll go see the eye doctor. What is it? You know, if, you're, if your foot is hurt, you go see a podiatrist. But if your eye is has problems, you go see an optometrist or an optim ophthalmologist. If you have cancer... You don't go see a podiatrist or an ophthalmologist. You go see an oncologist. So there are specialists in medicine. And I thought, what would Jesus be? Uh, he specializes in medicine. He specializes in things that other people can't do. And I thought about it, and it's not a word. But I thought, well, he makes things what? He makes things possible. So if I'm going to go see a ophthalmologist or an oncologist for those ailments or a podiatrist. And I thought Jesus would be a possibilogist. So why? Because he makes things possible. And we got to first of all realize that, that God can make things possible. And it's God that changes something. It's not positive thinking. It's not, well, man, I hope this is going to work out. But when you come to Jesus... He changes things into making it possible. So the first thing is that Jesus spoke to the ruler of the synagogue and, and he gave his uh, uh, diagnosis. Hey, fear not, believe only. 
and she shall be made whole. And that changed the whole scenario. I, I remind, I'm reminded of reading Luke chapter 15. And there was a time where Jesus was teaching and all of these doctors of the law were gathered to hear him teach. And you know, sometimes people want to come and just hear Jesus teach. And that's good. I want to hear a good sermon or I want to hear a good uh, uh, message. But the Bible says something. If you look at Luke chapter 5 and verse 17, it says, And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, as Jesus was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. But notice this. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. There's something about that. When, you know, come to church, a preacher, I come into church, I'm coming to church to sing or I'm coming to church to, you know, I don't know, you know, fellowship or... But there was something greater there when Jesus was teaching. God's power to heal. There was a possibility. Not only does Jesus heal uh, the body, but Jesus can heal other things that we might think are impossible to heal. Your average doctor, when someone is dead, you know what they're going to do? They're going to certify that that person died. That's kind of the limit of what a doctor can do. But Jesus, he said, oh, no, don't worry. Just believe she's going to be made whole. Jesus put a different spin on things. The Bible says in that place in Luke, only one man, he was a man that was paralyzed, is recorded to have been healed. But the Bible said that those people that watched, it said they were all amazed. They glorified God and were filled with fear saying, we have seen strange things today. And the thing about Jesus being a possibilist, and I know that I just made that up, but the next time when you think something's not going to work out, and people do, they just kind of say it's no use. And I've probably been guilty of it. And just, you know, you kind of throw your hands up, but they're not to worship, say, this isn't going to work out. I just have to deal with it. But Jesus, he presents a different way. Jesus, when he comes on scene, says, no, I've got an answer. It's going to work out. I want to re read uh, in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18. Jesus said this, I am he that liveth. And was dead. How many people that are, were dead have you talked to? I mean, no. They don't really say much, do they? Dead people. And he said, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. So Jesus Christ, when he rose from the dead, he said, oh, I was dead. But man, if Jesus can rise from the dead, the resurrection is really the key in the gospel that shows us that if God can do that, brethren, God can do anything. If God can rise from the dead, say, preacher, I've got a problem at work. It's easier than rising from the dead. Say, preacher, I've got a problem uh, at home. It's easier than rising from the dead. And say, preacher, uh, like this, uh, this man came and his daughter was even now dead. Well, the one who rose from the dead, and in this case, the one who was going to rise from the dead, had power to raise people from the 
dead. That's who Jesus is. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse 32, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him, with him, also freely give us all things. You see, when God was raised from the dead, he came to give gifts unto men and whatever you need. There's a song. It said, God is. That he's that possibilogist, whatever you need in your life. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 10 says, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, the power of Jesus Christ in his life gives us power in our walk. It's possible. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in verse 3 and 4, he said, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And if Jesus Christ rose again from the dead, that means Jesus Christ has resurrection power available for us. We're teaching on, it's no use, but turning that upside down. I remember hearing this. I didn't know if I was going to share it, but as I was praying today, uh, you know, we face things in life. And, and my wife and I, we were talking about this. There is a fight being a Christian. And I don't think some people realize that. When you're watching a football game, you're eating your popcorn, drinking your $9 soda or whatever, you know, fanning yourself with your $20 program. And it's like, well, this is easy. And a lot of people, that's how they serve God. You know, they'll watch on TV and I'm not knocking it or, or they'll attend church, you know, if they feel like it. But man, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you know what it's like? It's like going down onto the field, putting a uniform on and getting in the fight where people are getting knocked over and scrunched and crumpled to the ground. And uh, you're like, sometimes people, they don't know what's going on. It's such a change. Like, what's going on? I got saved and I went back to work and everyone's against me. Because you have joined the fight, right? That's what Paul said to Timothy. He said, fight the good fight of faith. Maybe Timothy, he said, I'm mindful of your tears, Timothy. Because Timothy was overwhelmed at the fight that he was in. And my wife and I were talking about different things and it seems like, man, it's just like there's a struggle everywhere. There is a spiritual fight to be a Christian. We have to be cognizant of that, but we also have to be cognizant that there is God. And we said that if he, if Jesus was a, if he had a specialty as a doctor, he'd be a possibilogist, right? Because he makes things possible. And even when things are dead. So this rule of the synagogue's daughter was dead. And Jesus said, fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. And so I was praying this morning, and I thought about this, uh, this man. He was a missionary in the Philippines, and he had, he had a baby daughter. And they had, it was Thanksgiving time, so it was about this time, but they had all this stuff set up for Thanksgiving. Have you heard this story? Maybe, maybe not. It's not a story. It really happened. And so they brought the baby in 
the pastor's baby and it had not the nursery workers or whatever the baby had quit breathing every parent's nightmare right little baby quit breathing and I know because my daughter went to the, you know, the, what do they call that expensive place, the NICU? Not Nike, but NICU or something like that. The intensive care for the neonatal intensive care unit. The longer the title, the more expensive, right? Pediatric ophthalmologist is going to be more expensive than the eye doctor, okay? But anyway, um, so the baby wasn't breathing and this, this missionary, he took the, the stuff and cleared the table off. He cleared all the food off and put the baby down and basically prayed, God, I've given my life to you. I don't remember the exact words, so please. It was maybe 20 years ago when I heard this illustration. And he said the baby began to breathe and just started to breathe right there. It was just a coincidence. That's just a story. No, that baby is Sister Keckle. And she grew up and she's still with us. Actually, they were in service with us here a couple months ago was she dead did she just look i don't know but i know that god made her life a miracle even before she became a christian and that's because her father knew that god made things possible so you say well preacher i've got so much coming at me brethren it is so crazy i know that life you're like what else is gonna happen you know it seems like so many things happen but you know what as crazy as life gets God is bigger than all the craziness. And that's something that men and women of faith show us. And then later, Sister Keckle gets married to a gentleman. If you listen to Reverend Keckle's testimony, he was not a Christian. But God put these two people together as a force for Jesus Christ. And uh, you say, well, I wouldn't have chosen that or I wouldn't have chosen this. But, you know, God chooses whoever he wants to. And he calls people and makes them workable and usable for God. And you just kind of shake your head and say, God, you're awesome. He can do anything, the song says, with anything. So that possibilityist wants to make an appointment. You know, in our lives, when things get crazy, notice Jesus spoke to the ruler of the synagogue. He said, he said be not afraid. It seems like we just say, it's no use, preacher. It's, I'm just going to hang out at home or I'm just going to do this. And... That's exactly what the devil would like us to do. Don't trouble Jesus. Don't talk to Jesus. Don't go, don't read your Bible. Don't pray. It, it, it's, just, it's just a waste of time. It's not a waste of time. Jesus said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Uh, the Bible says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. After this lame man got healed in the book of Acts, they were explaining what happened, and it said in Acts chapter 3 and verse 16, and his name, through faith in his name, who, the name of Jesus, hath made this man strong. So when God makes an appointment with us, it's interesting, the name of Jesus is of vital importance in getting what you need. It was Jesus that said, Believe only. Who was it? It wasn't, just, it wasn't just anybody, but it was Jesus Christ. They wanted the man to look unto Jesus, look unto him literally. In his, you know, have you ever heard the President of the United States give a speech? Sometimes I don't listen to that. I can't get the recap, right? But, you know, it depends on the president, kind of. I mean, it's good, you know, but at the end of the speech, what do they usually say? 
God bless you and God bless America. And everyone goes, yay! And that's good. I'm not knocking that. I'm, I'm thankful for it. But what if the president, I don't know if you'll ever hear this, okay? What if the president said at the end of the speech, may Jesus Christ, the only savior of the world, the only begotten of the father, the way, the truth, the life, the amen, the one who was crucified for your sins, for your forgiveness and raised from the dead and alive evermore, bless America. You know, there'd probably be less people cheering because people like God is kind of a generality. But when you bring up the name of Jesus, brethren, people get into two camps, right? For and against. And I think there'd be a lot less cheering. Although I'd be at home, I'd be like, you go, man, tell it like it is. Because the name of Jesus is what is missing from a lot of problems. I remember when I was uh, in Bible school and I just woke up afraid. This only happened to me once. It's not weird. It doesn't happen to me every week, okay? But I woke up paralyzed with fear. Paralyzed. It wasn't a panic attack. Because a panic attack is when you're doing what? Panicking. I was not. I was frozen with fear. I mean, like, I could not move. I couldn't even talk. And I wasn't asleep either. I mean, I was, it was just like a fear was, I'd never felt this way before or since. And I'm in Bible school. It's like, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, God. How come this is happening, right? And uh, so I'm just sitting there in my bed, and, or laying down, rather, and I know what I need to do. And if I just say, no, preacher, what you need is you need to sleep more and eat more, drink, eat, drink more electrolytes and have iron in your diet. No, I need the name of Jesus. That's what I needed. I had all the other stuff and a lot of coffee with it. And I remember I couldn't speak, though. My mouth was like frozen. And so eventually, after just, I said once, I said the name of Jesus, just Jesus. And it just like, it evaporated. And I didn't stop there. I'm like, Jesus machine gun. So I was like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And it was just like that spirit. And I believe it was some kind of craziness. I don't say a whole lot about it because people, they can get all wrapped up in that stuff. But brethren, it's real. It's a fight. And maybe the devil tries something else because that didn't work anymore. But, you know, I realized that what I need to do to make things possible was just saying in faith the name of Jesus. It's how we get saved. Why would it be any different making a possible thing in our life, something possible in our life after we get saved? The Bible said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord, Jesus, right? And believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now, if Jesus saves me with the mention of his name, couldn't he also deliver me in something else that I'm going through with the mention of his name? I remember we were in a conference uh, a few months, last month, man. And remember that long altar call, Katya? There was a big, long altar call, and people were just worshiping Jesus. And I'm not just saying that they were just saying his name over and over again. They were lifting up needs to God, and God was moving. I mean, you could, the presence of God was there. And when God is in a house, the power is there to claim what you need from God in that time and that's what jesus was telling this man don't don't worry just believe and sometimes we need to just say wait a second all of these lies of the devil they're telling us 
that it's not going to work, that it's going to fail, that you're no good. You know what? I was good at doing that before I got saved. I like what one person said. Don't listen to yourself, but talk to yourself. If you listen to everything that's in your mind, all those thoughts, you're going to be on a side street going, a dead end road, right? Um, well, first of all, Jesus, and the last thing, i got a few minutes, he wants to fill a prescription when he comes, right? Jesus has something for us. And it's interesting, the word of God spoke, and he said, he told this man, yes, he said, something good's going to happen. He said, just believe. That's all you've got to do. You mean just have faith? Right, just believe what Jesus said. And he said, she shall be made whole. My wife taught a children's church lesson, or someone did, and they had a cardboard tube, and they would write a bunch of negative thoughts down on a piece of paper. Maybe it was someone else. And they would crumple them up. The tube represented your mind. And then they would stick these negative thoughts in the tube. And then you'd have a mind full of negative thoughts, right? And well, the key is, well, how do we get those negative thoughts out of our mind, okay? Preacher, I don't have negative thoughts, I have crazy thoughts, okay? We've all had them. How do you get them out? So it was a children's church lesson. So what they did was they began to write a bunch of scriptures and good things down and crumple them up and shove them in the same side. The tubes were open like, you know, like a, I want to say like a, a paper towel, kind of the middle of the paper towel. So both ends were open. So you would just start shoving these good thoughts in. Well, you know what happened after a while? As you're cramming all those good thoughts in, eventually, boop, out the other side. Here come all of those negative thoughts just dropping out the other side. The Bible says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So we want to have good thoughts, but even beyond that, this person said, don't listen to yourself, speak to yourself. Have you ever had some crazy thoughts and just preached to an audience of one? <laughs> Ephesians, I have. I'm like, what am I thinking this for? Crazy. I'm not crazy, but it seems like sometimes, right? Like this man stood in the mirror and said, I'm not crazy, you're crazy. I'm not crazy, you're crazy, right? But <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19, listen to this. Speaking to yourselves. Yes. Really? Does that say that? I believe, brethren, we would do well to speak the word of God to ourselves. I do it all the time. I preach it, I pray and I preach when there's no one here at church. Uh, Coming in the mornings and I pray and I pray for you and I, and I pray for the church. And, but it said, speak into yourselves in Metallica, the horoscope. No? Oh, wait, that's not what it says. That's the HIV version, right? The King James says, or the James King. I was talking to this guy. And he quoted this verse of scripture and I said, his name is Jimmy. I said, Jimmy, that's not what it says. And I quoted in the verse of scripture from the King James. And he goes, ah, oh, well, I don't know the James King version. <laughs> so, I've never heard it myself. Speaking to yourselves, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19. Brethren, if we ever get to where it's like it's not going to work out, you know, maybe that's the devil. Maybe that's your enemy that's saying that it's not going to work out. That's what I felt when I was getting the lease for this place. I mean, I felt nothing. And I remember telling God, oh, I said, God, you've got to do something. 
Because I'm not feeling this. I wasn't like, I feel this aura, a force field of faith. No, I felt the force field of nothing. I mean, I felt like it ain't going to work. I mean, I did. I felt like that's what I felt. But thank God we don't go by feelings. Amen. We don't go by sight. Like this one, one preacher said, turn to your neighbor, poke him in the eye, and say, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. No, don't do that. <laughs> Speak into yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Yeah, don't poke <laughs> Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And I believe that we need the word of God in our lives. The word of God. And if you've got some good uh, songs playing in your, in, during the day or the scriptures. But speaking them. Not just listening to them. But speaking them. And so when, when Jesus went to, the, went to the place where the, the, dead, may, the dead young girl was. And... Uh, the Bible said that they mocked him too. You know, the devil likes to mock God. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to raise it from the dead. You ever been mocked? They'll repeat the same things. You say, oh, he's going to raise it from the dead. He's going to raise it from the dead. But you know what? That's exactly what he did. He put them out and he said, little maid, he said, arise. And she arose just like that. He rose, she rose from the dead. And he said, give her something to eat. Now, as a doctor, you don't give something, someone something to eat. Unless they're, they're well, right? Otherwise, they get ice chips. But you see, Jesus made sure she was perfectly healed. Give her something to eat. She's going to be okay. He's a possibilogist. And I'm about out of time, but uh, there was... Years ago, there was a physical challenge that they thought could never happen. And that was a person running a mile in under four minutes. Doctors had said that if someone did that, their heart would like burst you know, out of their... You know, just blow up. It's just, it's impossible. So until 18, well, since 1886, they've been pursuing this goal. 1954 on May 6th, there was a medical student named Roger Bannister. He ran 359.4, breaking the four-minute mile. But notice this. They had been pursuing that for what, almost 60 years? And finally, one guy broke it. As soon as he broke it, 46 days later, somebody broke his record. 358. Then a year later, three runners broke the four-minute mile in a single race. And over the last half century, a thousand runners have broken the barrier. Once thought to be hopelessly out of reach now it's pretty common for someone in like a college meet to go under four minutes it's not that big a deal anymore but you know what it was because i believe the biggest boundary sometimes is the boundary between our ears where we say no it's no use and then you see one person doing it and another person do it and another person do it and another person do it and you begin to get excited and say well man if they can do it maybe god can do it in me and then you see someone else paying tithes so i can pay my tithe you see someone else to make it to service and you're like but I can go to service. You know, every time you leave your house on the way to church, someone's looking at your life saying, you know what? They're showing me it's possible because we need to give with the possibilities. And that's Jesus Christ. The one that says, he said, fear not, believe only and she shall be made whole. And, you know, speaking to us tonight with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to dismiss us. But God, in our lives, when those, that, those thoughts come in that it's no use and it's not going to work out, 
These, these words have been spoken to many, many generations before us, but it's not true because Jesus chimed in. And thank God for Jesus chiming in. He said, fear not. And he said, instead of fear, believe, have faith. And he said, believe only. And you know, and if we can look at God and say, God, I don't understand it, but I'm going to choose to believe your word. I'm going to believe your promises. And I'm going to take this situation to your feet. And I'm going to leave it there and let God work a miracle. God, you can have your way in our impossible. And God, we come to you in this time and leaving you. Lord, we're not going to leave that you're a possibilist. Your specialty is raising from the dead, but your general practice is to make impossible things possible in Jesus' name.